The Golden Valley's 95.3 Triple M. Well, folks, I've been on quite a bit of a roll lately talking to the who's who of Australian music. It started off with Ella Hooper from Killing Heidi, a local legend. Spoke with Phil Jamison from Grinspoon. I've had Cram on and Diesel. And now I'm joined by another music legend from one of Australia's most successful bands, Darren Middleton. Of course, we first met as one of the integral members of the group Powderfinger. Swarms of ARIA awards, tours all over the world, and of course, so many great songs. Too many to mention. Darren has left the band, of course, we know, and has gone on to have a very successful solo career. But also as well, he's joined up with some other Australian powerhouse musicians in Mark Wilson, Davey Lane, and Cram from Spiderbait to do the 50th anniversary of the Abbey Road Live album. Now, that album came out in 1969, and the guys are heading out on a swag of dates kicking off this Sunday. And Darren joins me on the phone to have a chat about that. G'day, Darren. Well, good morning. Yeah, now I hope I, I hope I covered off everything properly before we go any further. That was one hefty intro. I hefty, loved it. Hefty <laughs> intro, very good. Well, that's what I like yeah. to hear. Now let's kick it off, Darren. Uh, would it be fair to say you're a bit of a Beatles fan? They've been an influence on your on your music over the years. Ah, oh, certainly, absolutely. I think most of us who who strum a guitar and hit the drum kit, you can't help but have listened to the Beatles at some point, even if before you ever touched an instrument. Your parents were likely playing it so yeah amazing and amazing how did you, how did you uh, get introduced to the beatles darren uh, was it the parents record collection it was it was through my parents but look i mean you know you hear a lot about beatles tragics who you know loved it from the day they popped out of their mother's womb which is which is not me i actually didn't really like it at first my parents would play the beatles when i was eight years old nine years old and just being a young kid i mean it was kind of my right to rebel and not like whatever the heck they liked. So Mm. for me, it wasn't until I picked up an instrument when I was about 14 years old that I kind of went, oh, wow, that is amazing. And then ever since then, it's just a rabbit hole of discovery and and love. I mean, whenever I hear the songs these days, they just, they jump out of the speakers and it's, and it's like they're still alive. I love it. There's something about the Beatles that I think um, it has it really did change the world in a lot of ways. No one had seen anything like it beforehand. Uh, and when mm. they came on board, uh, when they were, you know, on the Ed Sullivan show, I think was their first major oh, performance. You know, you, mm. I mean, the, the, it just changed overnight, uh, culturally, yeah. socially, the way people dressed. Um, yeah. And um, obviously, you would have seen a lot of that. And that must have been so inspiring as a as a young guitar player. Not necessarily at the time because you weren't even. Yeah, but obviously that all comes into it being a Beatles fan it does look the the incredible level and quality of output that those guys had over such a short period of time is Mm. is unheard of Mm. they were constantly pushing boundaries obviously there were technical technological issues back then with the recording state and stuff and they there was there were no barriers to them they just found a way around or a way through whatever was in front of them or required. It's really inspiring. It's still constantly inspiring. Now, Darren, let's take it. Let's let's go back to when you did first pick up that guitar. Now, I've done a bit of research. Obviously, Angus Young was a hero hero of yours, uh, and that yeah. started your love affair with uh, with guitar and, and songwriting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so I mean, when I picked the guitar up, I was fourteen, fifteen, and you know, it's mid eighties, towards the end of eighties, and Guns and Roses are big, and there's a lot of Look, you've done your reading, and I listened to a lot of trash back then as well. I love not trash. I, I mean, did see Twisted hair, Sister hair in there as well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Twisted Sister. But Angus, Angus actually really did jump out to me because I loved this 
kind of primal energy that he had when he played. And it was not a super heavy guitar sound. It was just his sound was the attitude of him digging into the strings with his pick and his hand. And, and he was dressed in a school uniform and I used to copy him in my school uniform, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, uh, he certainly had an iconic look like so many great guitar players. Now, how, yeah. how long, Darren, after you started playing guitar, did you, did you join Powderfinger? Uh, early 20s, so I, I would say maybe uh, six years after I first picked up an instrument. I mean, I had a couple of bands, a couple of school bands, and one of the bands was supporting supported Powderfinger at the time. And Powderfinger at the time were kind of a half covers, half originals band, and everyone was just doing small small gigs around town. And yeah, I just that's kind of where it all started, or where that journey started. I remember being uh, I remember being in high school, and a buddy of mine who I played in a band with handed me a copy of Double Allergic, and obviously yeah. you guys were getting a lot of airplay um, over like Channel V and you know all the rage mm. and all of that uh, with songs Pick You Up, DAF, uh, and after I heard that album, I then went and got Parables for Nears, which was a lot more mm. of a rawer record um yeah, i think it would yeah. be fair to say because you that was your first major release um yeah. but then double allergic internationalist odyssey number no. five I mean, some of these albums darren uh, are in are in the australian history books you know not just because the awards but because yeah. they were so influential on so many people is it do you, do you ever sort of look back at those days and those albums and and really understand the magnitude of, of what you guys achieved yeah it's look it is pretty incredible and i i have started to you know, a number of years have passed now, so only as of the last couple of years, if if one of our songs comes on the radio or I run into someone on the street and they kind of they tell me a bit of a story about how they where they saw the band or where they fell in love with the band, I mean, I'm constantly amazed. But if I hear a song come on the radio in amongst all the other songs, I can suddenly hear it and go, you know what, God, that actually that was a good band. I mean, I'm I'm the, the characters in the the character in the music of the guitars and the drums and the bass and Burns vocal, obviously. I can listen to it now and go, "Wow, mm. I could fall in love with that." <laughs> yeah, well, we all did, and uh, certainly, uh, Powderfinger for me were a part of my teenage soundtrack, um, mm. as I mentioned. And uh, you know, every time I hear these days, I mean, I, I don't care how masculine you are when that song comes on. I always get a little bit yeah. of a lump in the back of my throat. Um, and then, yeah. of course, you know, people think about how iconic that song was. Uh, it was probably your yeah. your most popular song in the in the punter's years. Would you agree, or do you think there was maybe some other tunes that were uh, higher up the list? I think it's definitely got to be. It's got to be in the top three. You know, it was um, and very interesting because the song. You know, we wrote that for a film, not to be on any record or to be a single or anything like that. That was two hands, so, wasn't it? Yeah, the film yeah. Two Hands. So it, it's it's kind of progression into people's lives or hearts it was just a very organic, not preconceived, um, workshopped in the boardroom of any unit record company. It was very natural and organic and. Whenever that happens, I think, God, you're, you're incredibly lucky, but you will find your place in people's hearts for a long time. And of course, you know, I mean, like we said, uh, there are so many great songs and so many great albums. Is there one to you uh, personally, whether it was one that you uh, helped write or one that you love playing live that uh, has always been your favourite? Ooh. I know it's hard. Um, I've got to ask the hard questions, Darren. <laughs> yeah. uh, you mean like a Powderfinger song? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, probably a song called Thrill Oilogy. Which was off Odyssey number five. There was like there was one song off every record that was a quite a long song that went on a bit of a journey, and probably 
I think probably for all of us, we used to really look forward to that song coming up in a set because we knew it was a chance to get a bit loose, muck around. And we loved the song in, in its kind of workings anyway, but there was always a chance to do something a little bit different every night. So maybe that song. Yeah, I'll tell you mine, Darren. Mine has always been yeah. Take You In off Double Allergic. Oh, my. oh, boy. Take Me In. Yeah, that was not the last yeah, track yeah. on the album, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. It's Wow. We, yeah. we played that for quite a while, and then we didn't play it for quite a while, actually. Well, that's interesting. That it, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I just, if we it, ever get back together, we'll definitely have to put that on the set list. And dedicate it not, to not Bill that I'm saying. <laughs> Not that I'm saying we're getting back oh, together. Oh, you're exclusive. I've got the exclusive, everyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Okay, no, no, not confirmed. Okay, look, we've all got no, our fingers no crossed, plan. Darren. Sorry. I'm sure you get that all the time. Um, now, let's talk about the new project, of course, The Beatles Abbey Road Live. Yeah. Uh, I'm calling you literally from the rehearsal studio. You are about to jump and rehearse with uh, with Cram, Mark Wilson, Davey Lane uh, for this. Mm. You kick off on Sunday. How long have you been in rehearsals for and how did you get involved, Darren? Uh, well, firstly, I got involved because ARC are a little group that I put together about four and a half years ago. So we've been we've been toiling away for a number of years now. Um, the guys just walked past me about two seconds ago. I had to give them the old hang on. Just shh, shh. Just, talking, just talking to Triple M fellas, do you mind? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've been together for about four years. Um, rehearsal, we started about a month ago. We had a couple of days of, a couple of long days and nights of rehearsing. And then we took some time off and now we're back into it just before the tour starts for the next five days and just kind of nutting out the finer details now of the harmonies and everything. But look, there's actually, there's actually four other people involved in this project. We've got Linda Bull from uh, the, well, Vicar and Linda Bull sisters. Oh, yes. uh, Ash Naylor's on board. Um, Brett Wolfton and James Fleming's playing keys. So there's a lot of singing. There's a, and it's, look, man, it's sounding amazing. It's, it, it's sounding like the way a band should perform the Beatles material, which is giving it a swift kick up the ass and, you know, keeping it true to the record, but giving it the kind of the life that it, it deserves. So are you playing the songs like verbatim or have you added a, a different, a different take on, on the classic songs off that album? No, we're, we're certainly playing them like they were written and recorded. Um, but we are also going to we're going to treat this show a little differently to the way people have done, you know, the White Album and shows like that, where you know there's a lot of people involved and it's there's you know people playing off sheet music and it's it's a bit more theatrical. This is a bit more like the way a band would play these songs. So there's there's total reverence to the parts and the arrangements and the the sounds. I mean, we want this to be like a live version of of the album, mm. um, just with a little energy. Now, of course, when I've gone through the names of in the band, we talked about Cram from Spiderbait, Mark Wilson from Jet, Davey Lane from UMI, and of course yourself uh, from Powderfinger and your solo career. Do you hate the name Supergroup, Darren? Uh, not look, <laughs> not really. It just to no, that's nah, fine. It's fine because <laughs> it is a supergroup when you is. look at it. It is absolutely. I mean, I'd, I'd go and see this group. If I wasn't in it, for mm. sure, because mm. I like all those bands and all those people, so yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you guys are kicking it off this Sunday. Uh, you've got dates all around the country, and it finishes up in Wollongong on Friday the 23rd of August. You can get all the tour and ticketing information from www.livenation.com.au. One final question for Darren Middleton. Have you been yeah. down to the Goulburn Valley? Have you been down to Shepparton in your time at all? Any memories? 
Uh, well, Powderfinger, I think we played in Shepparton once. It might have been a one of the Triple J, uh, you know, kind of live live events they do, but not for some time, that's for sure. It would have been at the Sherbourne Terrace. I'm going to take a punt and say that's where you played. Maybe. Maybe it was this is going back a few years. I'm afraid, Phil. <laughs> so one thing I did want to say before though, uh, the Brisbane show has sold out. I think Perth is looking to be selling out pretty soon. So yeah, if you want to come along, you better jump on it pretty quick. Get in very quick. Tickets are selling out fast. Darren Middleton, thank you so much and for your time on Triple Cheers. M. Cheers, mate. Catch you soon.